when the unexpected leads to the unexpected. That's coming up next right here on The Right Stuff. Welcome to The Right Stuff. I'm the queen, Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we're going to be talking to my guest co-host and contributor today in our Emerald. She is the author of the book, Zane Ambrose. I found this book because Amazon knows what I like to read, and it gave me a recommendation. And as soon as I saw it, it had all the things I like in romance, inspirational edge, age gap heart, and interracial. Those three just touched every sense I liked. And guess what? I picked up this book and I thoroughly enjoyed reading this really short, quick book called Zane Ambrose. I can't wait to tell you all about it in just a few moments. As always, I want to thank our Patreon team for their support. We have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for the past nine years. And as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. To find out how you can help out, simply go to patreon.com slash right stuff and see what you can do. And as always, we covet your prayers. To stay up to date with PJC Media, simply go to pjcmedia.net, click on that pink follow button, and you'll never, ever have to miss a show. Subscribe to our new YouTube channel at PJC Media, and guess what? You'll get exclusive original content and more. Go ahead, subscribe, and click at that notification button and you'll never ever miss an upload. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce my guest co-host today, N.R. Emerald. N.R., how you doing today? I am doing well. It is good to be here. Thank you for having me on, Parker. And it is so good to have you with me. I'm so excited because, dear listener, we are talking to NR all the way from Barbados. Yes. You can hear from that lovely accent of hers that she just has rhythm in every part of her body. I can't help but think of rhythm and Barbados all at the same time. <laughs> so, that is true. That is true. So glad to have you with us. And I got to tell our listeners just a little bit about you. So go ahead and share yourself. Well, it's good to be here and, and just to be able to talk about Zane Ambrose. But even before we just get into talking about Zane Ambrose, you know, you hear many interviews with authors that say, oh, I wanted to write from the time I was two or I wanted to write from the time I was four. That was not me. I just started writing maybe two years ago. And so this is a little encouragement for persons. You're never too late. You're just on time. And that's one of the things I want you to know is that God provoked me to write another book, which had nothing to do with romance. And then I just decided last year, you know what? I'm going to write Indebted to You, which was a novella. I'm going to give it away for Chris, um, for Valentine's Day. That's what I was going to do. Give it away for Valentine's Day free. And then after that, I decided I'm going to write. I'm going to write a three-part series called Colored Gems. And Zane Ambrose is the first of that standalone. So a little bit about me besides the author side. I am a consultant. I am a Christian. I have, you know, I've been running a not-for-profit for women for 
over since 2010. So I'm really passionate about women. And if you read St. Ambrose, which I encourage you to do, is that one of the things is, is that I'm very real. I'm very real in my walk, in my Christian walk. I've seen the ups, I've seen the downs, and I wanted to capture some of the struggles sometimes that we have in our Christian walk in my writing. And so that's a little bit about me. Well, you can tell there's so much to know, too, what she's doing, and she has a lot going on. So, dear listener, what I want to encourage you today is get your copy of Zane Ambrose, available at Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Yeah, it's Amazon, and it's on sale right now for 99 cents because Austin's story, which is part two, all standalone, but Austin is Reagan's friend who is in Zane Ambrose, is coming out on the 1st of June, so I just have both of them at 99 cents. That's available on pre-order. So, yes, dig into it. Very exciting, guys. So guess what? A dollar, people. <laughs> Go ahead. Skip the coffee today and get your copy of Zane Ambrose for only 99 cents. Let's go ahead and delve into some of this about Zane. What I want to know is what was the genesis of this particular idea with these particularly two characters here? Well, first thing is, is that you said it's interracial. Um, Zane herself is interracial person um, where her father's white and her mother is black. So you have that mixing and pooling of genes. Her, you know, her mother is a mulatto. Her father was white. And then she is attracted and uh, be dating Reagan, who is white. And for me, one of the things here, we talk a lot about race and I like to see my books as a reflection of what heaven would be like and to remove racial barriers as much as possible. And so I really believe that my female characters will always be mixed. I don't ever want to say there's a white character, a black character or whatever. And some person asked me this question. They say, Kathy, I recognize that your character, your female characters especially are always mixed. And, and I said, you know, I want to get away from saying I am writing a Black American book, or I'm writing this, I'm writing a book that depicts heaven, what I really believe heaven would be like. We're all going to be different colors, different backgrounds, different ethnicities. And that is really and truly why my female characters tend to be mixed, right? And for me, that is extremely important. And in terms of Zane coming from Barbados and going to England, I've studied in England. And so Zane is not based off of me at all, good, but I remembered going to England and to study and, you know, and the challenges. So I just thought, why not put a different spin on this where she's going to England, but not to study, but to have this internship? And how do I bring these two characters together? Um, Reagan, who is at a point in his life where he's unhappy with everything and he just wants to you know, to shake things up because he recognized this lifestyle that he's living, you know, having these call girls come over on Friday nights was just not happening for him. Uh, but he wanted to do something different. And there, and, oh, you know what? Maybe I could take this guy, Zane, in because I knew a guy named Zane. And I just thought these were going to be two unlike characters coming together and clashing. And I thought, what tension are we going to have where you bring a Christian girl from Barbados who is very steep in religion? And because we are religious people here, and to this guy, this white guy who is sleeping with 
call girls on Friday nights. And we know we're going to have a collision. That collision, let me tell you, gets explosive. <laughs> so <laughs> go ahead, kick up your copy of Zane today, Zane Ambrose today. You're going to love it. One thing I like about the way you wrote this story is how realistic these characters are. And mm-hmm. I know for you, that's a very important part of the writing experience, particularly when it comes to writing Christian romance or Christian fiction. We don't mind having these saintly characters who are just so gung-ho in their faith. They never have faith problems. Mm-hmm. They are just so strict. We like those characters. We're not them, but we like those characters. <laughs> but in your books, you really give us a realistic view. Why is that so important? Because you're talking about this gentleman mm-hmm. who, you know, he hooks up with call girls. You know, yeah. why put that in the book in the first place? Okay, so let me get back up here. As I said, not only have I been running a not-for-profit where we're talking about mentoring women, but one of the calls that God gave to me is a call of pastoral call, and I was ordained as a pastor. Good. And in that time, I have encountered so many women on their journey where they have struggled. They have struggled in the area of their sexuality, and not only have they struggled, but they're also connected to men that are struggling. Or you've taught, or I've talked to men who decided that, you know, some person said, go and talk to Pastor Kathy. You know, she has a very open ear and talk, talk to her. And one of the things that I've recognized is that in church, and this is something that we don't talk a lot about, is that we have many persons who are struggling in the area of sex. They're struggling in many other areas, as whether it is in terms of their finances, in terms of whatever have you. But when it comes to the area of sex, it's something that we don't ever want to talk about. But yet we have persons who end up being pregnant outside of wedlock. We have persons who decide that they're going to drop out of church because they have met some guy and they now feel that they can't come to church anymore because they are now having sex outside of marriage or they're struggling in a particular area. So they feel in order to come to church, they have to be perfect. They have to be completely holy. And when we look at Jesus, Jesus did not come. Jesus said, I've come to call those that are that are sick. I've come called the sinners to repentance. And so whenever we create this idea that we have to be perfect, we are shutting persons out. And I don't ever want to write from a perspective that, you know, everybody is holy and saint and we're all holy ghost filled, sanctified and going to heaven. And then there are persons out there who are struggling. So when I decided that I am going to pen Zane, I wanted to pen a young lady who was struggling um, because of the hurts that she would have had, but then encountering Reagan and falling for him, wanting in her purity, still now struggling with her own sexuality. And the reality is, and I think all of us, if we are being honest, would have at some point in time before we are married, or even if we're not married, we would have been in a relationship where we really like this guy and we are struggling not to have sex or we have had sex and, you know, we go home and say, oh God, I should not have done that. But the point of the matter is that's part of our Christian walk sometimes for some persons and they go and they struggle in a particular area and they ask persons for accountability because they recognize, you know what? 
either I've crossed the line and I've had sex with this person or I have these really strong feelings for this individual. What should I do with about it? Because the reality is many of us go beyond just a kiss on the lips, you know, or a kiss on the jaw. And that's not real. And that's not real from what I have seen and some of the challenges that have come before me. And that book is tame compared to some of the issues that I have dealt with in terms of one-on-one counseling or persons asking for accountability because of some of the situations they're dealing with. And one thing about sexual sins is that they are very much able to derail Mm -hmm. our relationship with Christ. They really are. But the Apostle Paul says, flee fornication. He says, run from it. And when it comes to sexual sins in particular, there's a reason why he wants us to run away from our sexual sins because it's such a part of what, how we connect with each other, especially in the confines of marriage. Mm -hmm. That was his prescription to deal with our sexuality within the confines of marriage. And we know how well that goes. And my mom always used to say, there's only one commandment that we obey fully. And that was the one that said, be fruitful and multiply. (laughs) That's one thing we do. No help there. No problem there. We made it do it the way he wants to, but that's the one thing we do do. And now you have these real issues that people don't want to necessarily talk about because they're so private. I call them my private sins. They don't mm-hmm. want to talk about them because we want to keep that private because sexuality is very much a private thing until we make it public <laughs> to everybody to know. And the challenge is there is when we keep it private and we keep it in the closet, that is when the enemy comes in and, you know, and he taunts you and you say, you see, you went and you did that thing and, you know, you shouldn't go back to church, you know, and they're going to know and you call yourself a Christian and you're struggling, you know, and the reality is, is that, if you are struggling in a particular area, get a med- get some person that you can talk to, um, get some person. And in the book, Zane has Mother Smith that she talks to about her feelings, her growing feelings for Reagan. And then she, and Mother Smith emphasizes that sex is a beautiful thing, but also within the confines of marriage. And she re-emphasizes that view because Mother Smith is the one that is that kind of mentor that tries to keep her grounded. But the reality is that Zane really struggles with her sexuality as, some, as she recognizes how she feels about Reagan. It is a beautiful thing in terms of bringing these two characters from completely different worldviews together and seeing how that evolves in the book. And one thing that's really cool is when these two worldviews crash and collide, heads will roll, but in a good way, because it also shows that just because you have two different worldviews, that doesn't mean you aren't drawn to each other. Mm-hmm. And Zane and Reagan, they do fight it for what they, for what it's worth. They do try to fight it, but they just can't. And that's the power of romance. This, this irresistible urge to just be with you. You know, romance gets a bad rap because people think of romance as a fluff genre. Mm-mm. Or when they think of romance, they think of Fifty Shades of Grey. And my listeners, you know how I feel about Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> However, it's not always about the sexuality romance is the journey of a couple's path to togetherness. That's what romance is. And it may be sweet, may be clean, may be hot, spicy, but you actually read the story for what it's worth. It's following this couple to their journey to togetherness. And Zane and Reagan's journey is pretty fraught (laughs) with a lot of obstacles. It's funny because when I was checking out this book before I reached out to you, a lot of the reviewers are like, wow, it may be more edgier than some of these Christian readers want, but it's really, really good. Now, I want you to speak to that, too, because you do want to let our listeners know, because mostly our listeners are 
Christian readers and Christian authors who listen in, what do you want them to know about that? Not to be afraid to talk about difficult subjects? Yes. Those persons who are going like, I don't want to read any book that there is no sex before marriage between two Christian couples. Let, let me put your mind at ease. There isn't. What there is, there is that struggle. There is intimacy. And so one of the things that I want to put out there is that the reality is that this is real. Okay. The struggle that either a male or a female have with reference to their sexuality when they get into a relationship is a real struggle that persons do have. And I've grown up in church for many years. And if you have been around church for a long time, here in Barbados, I've heard of growing up, I hear, oh, she got read out to the church or this person got back bench. And normally it's 99.9% of the time, it would have been cause of a sexual sin. Good. And I think we have evolved now where we recognize that persons will struggle and there are persons who get pregnant outside of wedlock. Still yet, this is not something that we talk about. Okay. You might see some person in the church and you see that, thank you, Jesus, that there's some persons that are still strong enough, even though they're pregnant outside of wedlock, that they still continue to come to church because, you know, persons still talk about it. But I really think that it's an area that we need to recognize that. The same way they are, and if you look at Romans 1, and I was reading this this morning, where Paul would say, yes, there are all of these sexual sins, but there are also all these other sins that gossiping, backbiting, and Paul listed a whole list of other sins, covetousness, and he said, all these are sins, but somehow we have this propensity just to focus on sexual sins. And I think I wanted to say, you know what, this is a reality that we have to grapple with as individuals. And when I'm writing Zane and I read romance and I, and I love to read romance, one of the things that I love about, about romance is that it reminds me that love is beautiful, good, is that it gives, and I think all of us should have that hope in love and having, you know, despite we seeing so many divorces and people, relationships breaking up. But the one thing I love about romance is that hope in love itself and that people read it because they believe in love. I think, you know, when you read a romance, it is because you believe in the concept of love and God give us that capacity to love. And I think we sometimes we need to see that bigger picture. You know, when we think of First Corinthians chapter 13 and God said, above all of these is love. And that is the story that I want any person to take away from any books that I write is that love can stand the test of time. Not necessarily focusing on the sexual aspect, but on the love, that the agape love that we need to cultivate in our relationship. I love the fact that you said that because at the end of the day, that love is reflected in what Christ did for us by dying on a cross to save us, by coming back for us, that he's going to come back for us. He is the knight in shining armor. He is the prince. He is the king, you know. And that thing about romance, which I love, is always pointing back to the love that God really has for us, this communion, this union with him that he desires with us. So I'm so glad you mentioned that, and I'm, I'm glad that you put those aspects into Zane Ambrose. Now, you hinted at another book in the series, and so we mm -hmm. got to know this a little bit about it. Yes, I Am Austin is coming out. This is not from me, Kathy, no, not me, from me, Kathy. And I am Kathy, and I write under N.R. Ambrose. Good. Now, I've had persons who have read Zane Ambrose, 
and I have had persons who have read I Am Austin. Austin is Reagan's friend. So if you read Zane Ambrose, then you're going to realize that Reagan has his friend Austin. And persons were asking me, so when is Austin's story coming? Now, I've had a line editor who read both. She did not line edit Zane, but she reached out to me. She's based in the U.S. And she said, I would like to line edit, um, offer my services to be the line editor for I Am Austin. And then I had some person else who would have done some initial editorial work on I Am Austin. And she would have read Zane as well. And they both said, it's like you put everything into I Am Austin. They said, I love I Am Austin even more than I love Zena. They didn't think it was possible, right? So it is, let me put it this way. It has, that book is so full of twists, turns, and I think it's going to have you on the edge of your seat. Cannot wait to get a copy. <laughs> yeah, it's out on the 1st of June. And for the month of June, I'm going to have it at 99 cents for those persons. You can just grab both. 90, you can grab Zane now for 99 cents. I just decided to put it at 99 cents. And I am often at 99 cents for the month of June only. And But the reviews on I Am Austin was very pleased that persons loved the book. And funny enough, I joined this critique group that is online and I just put up the first chapter just before I get ready to send it off to the final proofreader. And even in this critique group, I don't know these people. I joined this critique group. It's a paid critique group. And they go like, where's the rest of the chapters? Where's the rest of the chapters? Don't you love it when you get that type of response? It makes you feel like, yeah, I'm a wordsmith. That's what I am. Bow down, bow down. I love it. I love it, our I love it. And so I'm so glad to showcase Zane Ambrose to you. And then we'll have her back for I Am Austin later on this year. But get this, she also has another book we're going to be discussing mm -hmm. uh, pretty soon. Go ahead and tell our listeners about that one too. So remember I said, I was not one of these persons. You know, I hear all of these podcasts and these interviews where persons say, I knew I wanted to write for the time I was four. That wasn't me. In 2000, I think God provoked me. God provoked me to write a book and he, he gave, I saw the book in my head. I saw the framework. I saw everything in my head and I was so caught up watching American news. I must say I was watching American news. Their election was getting ready to come up and I was watching news. Right. And God kept provoking me saying, but didn't I give you something to do? I must tell you, this book was written so fast because as I said, I, God showed me how to lay out this book. And it's called The Real Toxic Leadership in the Pulpit. And it follows the journey of three young ladies, you know, who was in this church. And it's all about spiritual abuse and overcoming spiritual abuse. So, yes, and that is what got me into writing. After I wrote The Real, I just felt this, you know, this creativity, you know, I go like, was God trying to birth something in me? And then that led me to write Indebted to You, which was a novella, which I gave away. But yes. So derail toxic leadership in the pulpit was what God provoked me to birth. And in doing that, he birthed something else. So you can tell we're going to be having some very fascinating conversations from NR pretty soon on the show. So make sure you keep it right here by subscribing to our YouTube channel or following us on PJC Media. Click that pink follow button. Next time NR is with us, guess what? You are going to be invigorated 
by the conversation. So NR, I want to first of all, thank you so much for being with me on the show today. Really enjoyed having you. But before I let you go, I always want to use the opportunity to encourage our authors out there whom God has given the gift to write to pick up the pen and do so. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I want to say is I want to declare God's blessings over you. Good. Um, that God has birthed within us a, a measure of creativity where it says that we are made in his image and in his image is when he spoke the world into existence, that is part of his creativity. God has many attributes. And I want to say that we have that within us. And I can tell you in the last two years, this journey was difficult and it is still difficult. But when I get up and I pen a story and, and I can hear the feedback from persons in terms of, you know, that they love the story, it's rewarding. But more importantly, I want to be able to put out something that would be a blessing. So see your work as something that is a blessing to others. And that's extremely important. Sometimes a person picks up your book and they just want to escape for two hours or three hours just because they had a rough day. And in your book, you are allowing them to be restored within your stories. So see it as that because sometimes I just want to escape and somebody else's, and I have that note in the back of my book that there have been many authors over time that I've been able to escape in their stories. Now you have that ability to be able to provide that for other persons. And also very importantly, support yourself and surround yourself with persons who are like-minded, that when you are having a rough day or a down day, that you can just pick up the phone or you can send them a DM or you can send them an email and say, you know what? I look at my Amazon dashboard and I got no sales for this week, you know, and they can relate to you because they would have gone through that, but they can encourage you to tell you, look at the bigger picture. So I want you to remember, and this is something that I share with persons, remember why you started this. You didn't start this because of the Amazon dashboard. You started this because you believe that you have a gift inside of you that you want to share with the world and to bring stories to the world that can bring hope, healing, love, inspiration, joy, all of those nice, wonderful things. I hope, dear listener, that in our words that she just told you, I hope they invigorated you and inspired you to go ahead, pick up the pen and write stuff. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of The Right Stuff. I'm the queen, Parker J, and you have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day.